Hello and welcome to the Run Duo Podcast. My name is Tommy Mitchell. Um, this podcast is going to be a little different than normal. Um, myself and India have decided to take a week off, uh, but we did not want to leave you without any content to listen to. So we're going to repost an interview that we did with Joseph Gray from December of 2019. Um, Joseph Gray came to our attention when his article in the Runner's World magazine um, uh, came out in September of 2019 called Joe Gray Wants to Tackle Distance Running Diversity Problem. Now, just by his actions, he's definitely tackling it. He's an African-American runner, uh, distance runner that has been on multiple U.S. national teams. He's been a world champion. He does a lot of trail and mountain running as well as snowshoe running, which is very interesting. Um, the interview with him um, was great. He talks about how he got into running and, you know, how he wants to inspire other people to get into his sport. So take a listen and you guys have a great week. Bye-bye. All right. And we are back with our guest, Joseph Gray. How you doing today, Joseph? <laughs> I'm good, man. Thank you guys for having me on. Oh, thank you for taking the time out of your day. And now, guys, uh, uh, the listening audience, this guy has so many accolades. I don't even want to get started with how many accolades he has. (laughs) But just real quick, Joseph, I was checking your Wikipedia, and now it says trail, mountain, road, cross country, and snowshoe running. So you've run in snowshoes as well? Yeah, I try to to do it all and um, just try to – challenge myself across all the distinctions of um, distance running. I hear you. Now, Joseph, we just want to kind of, you know, number one, thank you for taking time of your day to speak with us, but want to kind of get into how did you, because you have so many, like you have 28 time um, team USA national team member. You have been in running for quite a while. How did you get into running as well as get into like trail running, which is something that we don't see a whole lot of African Americans doing. Um, yeah, it was crazy. So, um, basketball is, was my number one sport. Um, and as you know, like it is a predominantly black sport, it's especially mm-hmm. like when you're in inner cities or, you know, we lived in a city when I was coming up, especially in middle school, high school. So, um, when I started distance running, you know, I got, I got crap from my friends just because it was <laughs> it's a weird, it's a weird sport. You know, when you come from a basketball background and you got the big shorts and everyone wears the baggy shorts and the baggy jersey. And that was kind of the thing back then. And so then you go to a sport where having tight fitted clothes on spandex or short shorts. So mm-hmm. it, you look hilarious <laughs> to them. It's, it's a big change. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was kind of um, getting into a little bit of trouble and uh, had a coach um, who is, um, you know, a lifelong friend. He's into this day. He's family. Um, he talked me into coming out for track. Um, the coach and, um, you know, it changed my life. I got, I got addicted to it. Um, I think I was falling out of love with it cause I was winning all the time. And so you, I kind of lost that challenge and, you know, I'm kind of one of those people I need to stay stimulated and kind of challenged or else, you know, I kind of get bored with something and, um, somebody spanked me real good. He beat me by like two seconds. Just the way he beat me was just painful. And, you know, and running, it's so different the way you, um, digest a loss because it's very individual. You know, when we played, when I was playing basketball, it's like uh, you could lose a game and um, you could easily say, oh, in your mind, you might not say it to your teammates, but oh, I was Willie's fault or Mike's fault. You know, right. he shouldn't have made all the turnovers. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, in a sport like this, when you lose, it's very um, individual and you got to internalize that like by yourself. You can't really blame anybody. And, you know, to some extent, I, there was something about that that I really liked is that I had to carry that weight 
on my own shoulders and get things done and stay focused. And um, it just drew me in. And that led me to, um, you know, to high school and ended up getting a full ride scholarship. And, um, you know, I got my bachelor's and my master's degree out of that. So it was just a, you know, just a beautiful experience that just kind of unfolded and led me into running professionally. That was kind of always my goal. I wanted to run professionally and uh, make national teams and even maybe win a national title. That was kind of, um, you know, a couple of the goals that I had in college. And then um, I, uh, you know, once I made it to a professional level, I was, you know, trail running, mountain running wasn't the thing that I was interested in at the time, but I, because I had nothing, I knew nothing about it. Uh, I love cross country and that was kind of my favorite sport. And uh, a buddy of mine, Simon Gutierrez, and he's a, you know, a guy that I looked up to. Um, he talked me into coming out to my first uh, championship for troll to make a, a um, the U S mountain running team. And I remember I loved everything about the course. Uh, it was just different. It was unique. It was a tough challenge. Um, I got humbled <laughs> in the biggest way, <laughs> but, uh, but I loved it. And so it's been a wrap since then. I've just, you know, stuck with it. And I really love the sport of trail and mountain running. And um, it's something that I want to do for, you know, as long as God lets me walk. Awesome. Awesome. So I know that a lot of people do road racing and some people do trail. And I know you started with doing cross country. Was there a big transition between cross, cross country and trail? It sounds like there could be definitely some similarities, but where did you find, I guess, the biggest transition or what are some things that you feel like you had to transition the most on between cross country to trail running? Um, I did, I do road racing and I, and I did do that kind of first before I got in the trail. Cause mm-hmm. you know, when you, when you leave college, you know, road running is kind of a big deal. And it's a and it's a way to make money, obviously. Um, but uh, the major differences you will find um, will be the terrain, um, mountain running, trail stuff. You know, the terrain's going to be a lot steeper, and it's going to be a lot more rugged. You're not going to be able to wear spikes typically, or, or mm-hmm. really, of you course. know, low mm-hmm. low profile racing shoes because you're running over really sharp rocks and things like that, and so you start to get familiar with different types of shoes and rock plates. You know, that was something that I had never even heard of a rock plate Mm -mm. until I was like, I must've been in my mid twenties before I had ever heard of something like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you get familiar with that kind of stuff because you realize, you know, those first few seasons, you try to get away with wearing your road racing shoes because you come from that idea of lightweight, you know, Mm -hmm. you want the lightest shoe and, um, you want to fly on the trails and then you realize, well, I'm hurt before the race is finished, so I'm not running very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to have shoes that protect you in a different way. For but yeah, I mean, I would say just the, the, the steepness and the terrain are the biggest biggest, biggest difference. Mm-hmm. Well, real quick, just because most of our audience probably has no idea what a rock plate is, what is that like? Actually, just a a metal plate inside the shoe itself? Um, not 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 particularly like a metal plate, but you can you can use um, TPU. Um, you can use a hard plastic, uh, you can use carbon. And so what it will be is basically a plate that they put kind of in the midsole in between the shoe, like kind of in the foam that you see from the side of the shoe, that side profile, uh-huh. they'll put it in there. And sometimes it'll be just to cover your forefoot area, or it'll be full length across the whole shoe. And it, all it does is just help protect from, you know, sharp, small things, pointy things, rocks, mm-hmm. um, that, or sticks, um, 
that could potentially puncture your shoe if you had like a really light shoe with soft foams and things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not incomparable to the Nike shoe that's out with the carbon plate inside of it. <laughs> um, it, it, it similar. I mean, the same idea. You could use. I mean, you wouldn't want to use that shoe on the trail. Of course, of course, not. It's too pricey. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the idea of their carbon plate, like you could use a carbon plate similar to that, but you wouldn't want that shape okay. Um, okay. that they have on their yeah. carbon plate just because it would leave you a little wobbly and unstable on trail mm-hmm. racing. Mm-hmm. Okay. What brand so, of yeah. shoe do you wear? Um, I have been running with Hoka 1-1 since... Um, 2018 so i signed with them uh two years ago now okay all right yeah we had another one of our guests that Mm -hmm. ran hoka so Mm -hmm. i've been wanting to try them so i'll definitely have to try them out um now you you go to you're you're a basketball player i guess you get to high school you a coach gets you into running now when you were in high school were you running you were running cross country then or were you on the track or both no, I started running in middle school. So, and where in my era and in where I was living, we didn't have cross country in mm-hmm. middle school. So, mm-hmm. I didn't start middle school until ninth grade. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. So, you were running, yeah. you running track, and then um, where did you end up going to school? Where did you get your scholarship? Uh, Oklahoma State University. Oh yeah, wow! Okay, because now you live out in Washington State now, correct? No, I'm in Colorado now. Oh, you're in Colorado. So, where are you from originally? Yeah. Yeah, that's a hard one to say, man. Um, I'm a military brat, so we okay. we lived everywhere. <laughs> gotcha. Um, and then even I spent a couple summers where I spent a good majority of my summers in, in Europe while I was racing and stuff. So mm-hmm. I bounced around um, a little bit. But um, most of my middle school, a couple years in elementary school, and, and all of high school was in Washington State. So, okay. um yeah, I mean, at heart, I guess I'm a Washingtonian. <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> there you go. Gotcha. So you 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 go to uh, go to college. Now there, you're running cross country, correct? Uh, yes, definitely. Okay. Yeah, in college, you get a full ride. You running whatever they tell you. You running. <laughs> I hear that. Listen, <laughs> wherever they check on the track. Sign, right. Just get on the track. <laughs> I completely Indoor understand. Track, outdoor cross country. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, once you're, you're in college, when did you start? Because um, of course, in college, you're competing at I would say at the national level. But when did you start getting on these um, these U.S. national teams? So. Ironically, I made my first national team when I was 19 years old. Uh, I made my, it was a junior team and it was for the the Pan Am games down in uh, Barbados. Mm. And I made it on the, on the steeplechase in the steeplechase. And so that was my first experience um, getting a team USA jersey and get my team USA gear. And and, um, yeah, it was very motivational and just kind of fires you up to when you get that first opportunity to represent your country. So um, it definitely, led me to thinking making goals that oh, I want to make a couple more of these mm-hmm. now for those of us of course many of us who n- will never wear a team USA jersey or anything like that we can dream about we can always dream but <laughs> how much when, okay so once you're you're on the team because of course I, I I didn't play any college sports I you know I was a senior in high school and I graduated and I said I never want to touch a ball bat nothing again I just want to go to college and chill um, but so I I never you know reached a level where I'm dealing with like these high level where you have a chance to go professional how much of the Team USA coaching 
do you actually feel? Or is it more of, okay, I've made a team, you stick with whatever training or coach you have independent at the time. Training. Yeah, independent training mm-hmm. and keep going. Or do they truly, like, bring you all guys together, even though this is more of an individual sport, do they bring them together and, like, you know, tell you, okay, you need to work on this or this is a training program I got set out for you, that sort of thing? Right. Um, you know, to be honest, most athletes – and, and I, I can only speak from um, teams that I've been a part of and, 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 and a little bit of sprints. I've had a lot of friends who've made sprints teams. So from what I can tell you is most people who are good enough to make a USA team for like, you know, really competitive world teams, like in Olympic teams, you know, high caliber world championships, not mm-hmm. teams that are um, maybe a little easier to make, I would say, or, you know, I won't go into depth on that, but um, <laughs> for the, for the, for the high caliber teams, what you will find is most athletes are professional and they have a coach already. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And there is the exception of when you make a relay team, typically you will team USA will have a, a coach or something like that to work with the athletes to kind of get them in unity because typically it's going to be four athletes who probably don't train together and probably don't hang out that much. They're probably from different parts. And so getting them on the same page for the relay exchanges and stuff like that and trying to learn how each other runs and when to start and stuff like that. Um, but for, you know, mountain and distance running, we all have our coaches and, and you kind of want to stick to your coach. You don't want to pick up a new coach just mm-hmm. for a small cycle before a mm-hmm. championship representing the USA team, just because, you know, especially with distance running so much time um, and energy goes into a cycle and, it takes a lot of time to develop fitness and, and it takes a lot of time to stimulate and to develop a stimulus to um, run at a certain level. And, you know, if you're working on speed or endurance, it takes a lot of time. So changing coaches just for the sake of a championship doesn't make sense typically. Exactly. Now, um, what, what distances as far as like now, now that you're at the professional level, what distances are you actually, actually running? Um, so, on the track, the shortest distance I would do would be maybe a 5K. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more comfortable doing a 10K. Um, and in trail and mountain running, that can go from anywhere from, you know, two or three kilometers where <laughs> it's very slow. You're running 20-minute mile pace because it's so steep. You know, we're, we're talking like 40% grades, mm. basically up a Black Diamond ski hill mm-hmm. um, to races that are – you know, 50 K, um, or a little over 50 K 31, 32 miles in there. Um, that's usually about where I will stay in somewhere in between that. It's a big, big gap or big range, but, um, I like to kind of, like I said, challenge myself and, and try to uh, maintain versatility. All right. What's your favorite distance? Um, Oh man. <laughs> you know, I, people ask me that and I never can really tell you cause it, it's really, it, it, I don't have a favorite distance. I have a favorite, like, if something's intriguing, like if you tell me there's some big race and the venue's cool and the funding is good and um, and I'm excited about the competitors I'm going to be racing, it doesn't matter what distance it is, I'll be excited about it. And so that's my favorite for the time. Um, so I don't really have a favorite per se. I just love racing. 
Gotcha. Is it hard to switch up? Because there is a huge range of what you just mentioned from 5K. And I know you prefer 10K, but from 5K to 50K plus. And the different, like track to mountain. I mean, that's such a difference. Um, How do you, I guess, train yourself or how do you, do you pick seasons of the year to focus on a particular distance? Or how do you kind of get your mindset to say, okay, I'm going to focus on speed versus I'm going to focus on endurance in regards to the mountain training? How do you kind of transition through um, that? Yeah. It, so initially, earlier in my career, I used to have kind of seasons for that. But now it's kind of, um, you know, I think you get opportunities that kind of fall in your lap and, and you have to kind of jump on it. And sometimes you might not be 100% ready for that type of race. And so what it boils down to is just being mentally tough person. And like, can you race? Are you the kind of person who likes to compete? And even if they know their cards aren't the best card, the best deck, they're still going to try, you know, there are some people who feel like they're, they're very mental, mentally weak in terms of, Oh, I haven't done uh, these types of workouts for this type of race. And so ultimately they've lost before the gun goes off. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, you have athletes, you know, not to toot my horn, but there's athletes like myself who, you know, I'm invigorated by that type of challenge. Like Mm -hmm. I don't want to lose. And so I kind of like being put in those situations, like those high pressure situations. And, um, Kind of the same way I was in basketball. I like, I like when there's five seconds left, and you know, I got to guard the best offensive player, and they're trying to win the game on us, and you need me to stop them. You know, I want to be that guy, mm-hmm. um, right. or you know, what I'm saying. So I, I love that um, about our sport that you can you can get those opportunities whenever you want. <laughs> when in <laughs> basketball, you might not always get those opportunities. So exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, you. Just kind of, if you would, just maybe kind of tell the audience, even after listening to all you've said so far, Mm -hmm. tell them, I know you can't give all your accolades, but give some, give some of your accolades, (laughs) maybe the ones that you're most proud of as far as, you know, teams you made, gold medals you've won, that sort of thing. Um, I have won uh, 17 uh, USA national titles. Um, And what I'm most proud about, for that feat is just it was across you know all the genres um trail mountain ultra uh road track uh, and cross country um and i've represented the country 29 different times team usa and again across different genres um and out of that feat what i'm most proud about is you know I, i tell people this and even i tell young athletes this who are aspiring to be great athletes one day is you know, don't be um, content with um, making a team. Oh, I made varsity, and then it's like you're sitting on top of the world. Or, or hey, I made a USA team, and I got a USA jersey. Like, don't be proud about solely just, you know, simply representing something. Um, do something with that representation. Um, so for me, making USA teams is great. But I said, you know, I don't want to go to a championship and just get, you know, 20th place and be like, oh, you know, I represent my country. Yeah. And it's like, nah, I want, if I'm representing my country, I want to come home with something so that not only are the people in my country proud of what I've done, but I'm proud of myself. Um, so for me, that's what I'm mostly proud about is out of those 29 teams, I've come home with some, um, some major medals. I've won a lot of individual gold medals myself and, you know, cross country races and world mountain running champs, um, and trail world championships, um, and also have helped lead the team to gold medals, um, silver medals, and bronze medals. And, you know, it, it's a proud moment when you can help your country come home with some hardware. 
Definitely. Most definitely. It's a great representation. Do you have any, with all of that you just said, mm-hmm. <laughs> do you have any uh-huh. goals? Like, is there anything that you're shooting for f- for the future right now? Um, you know, uh, I've said this before. I always say it. Is, I mean, and it's cliche, but uh, I just want to do better. Um, whatever, like, I, like, there's races I won this year, and people would maybe say, how do you do better? And it's like, I know how I race personally, no matter what race I won, if I won by one second or if I won by 50 minutes, mm-hmm. um, I can personally think back on that and, and I grade myself and I know how I did uh, personally. And so ultimately I want to do better at, at a few different events or, you know, there's a few records that I'm chasing, but yeah, ultimately just, just do better. Um, keep representing my country, keep um, fighting for national titles and things like that. Great. That is, that is great. Now, <laughs> once again, with all of that you did, I feel embarrassed that the, the first time I really heard about you was I read an article that was in running world and in, in the title of it, Joe Gray wants to tackle distance running diversity problem. Um, and it was a great article, but what, what, what is it that got you? And I don't know if, you know, running world came to you or you just kind of was talking to somebody from, you know, I'm sure you've, you've talked to running world before with all the accolades you have. How did the article come about? Um, I'm trying to think of that one. Uh, I want to say it came about because of like probably the project inspired diversity Mm -hmm. and that I, that I do. And, um, basically, you know, it's my way of helping other young black Americans in our country and minorities, giving them some support um, through my sponsors. And, you know, my sponsors are kind of behind me on this 100 percent. And I'm using that um, platform to help other kids and inspire them to keep going and um, just to give them some help. Because I remember when I was young, the first time I got a free pair of shoes, you know, it's not a big deal. Right. But or to that person, it probably wasn't a big deal they don't realize to me it was everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, I can't go to my parents and be like, mom, I need a new pair of shoes. You know, you can't just do that all the time. Yeah. In high and school. So yeah. Gives, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, when someone gives you something like that, it inspires you and it motivated me. It made me want to train. It made me want to be great because it was like, man, he gave me something free and it's like, man, I can use it. And you're just excited about it. And I wanted to kind of re- return that favor to other kids. I feel like could use it. Um, and so I think that got some attention and got a little buzz. And so there have been some articles that I've been a part of and some were, um, you know, other authors that, um, good friends of mine, like Brian Meltzer, who is a big supporter of mine and, and just a big supporter of diversity. I feel like he's a great guy. Uh, he's covered me before in other articles, but, um, you know, he's one of the guys who wrote an article on, on this situation, uh, regarding diversity. And so, um, yeah, it just took off like that. And, uh, it's been positive. You know, there's been some people who, you know, like I think we joked about it earlier, how I was saying, you know, I don't like to deal with anonymous people, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know, on social media, especially, you know, mm-hmm. and people say things that are out of pocket, you know, some racist comments and things like that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's always going to be that whenever you do something that mm-hmm. shakes up the world a little bit uh, or causes people to think about something differently, especially when it has something to do with race and considering where we are today socially and um it's going to cause people to say things negative to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but ultimately, like I said, it's been positive and, you know, I'm not really concerned or focused on, you know, the negativity just because ultimately I know where my heart is. I mean, you can say what you want about me, but I know where my heart is and I know I'm helping right. and I want to keep helping. Right. 
Speaking of diversity, I think that that's great that you are continuing to give back and continue to do great in the sport. Um, of course, we're based in Atlanta, so the Olympic trial qualifications um, for the Olympic trials are here in February of next year. And we are so excited, and we continue to track because we want to see more. I, one of my friends, we say brown legs. We want to see more brown <laughs> legs running out there. <laughs> um, is that something that is... Um, something that you're looking to do, trying to toe that line, or what's your thoughts on the Olympic trials? Um, man, it, you know, if, if I'm being 100 percent honest with you, uh, I would, ha- I'm gonna run, I'm gonna go for a, a qualifier to run there, mm-hmm. obviously, because uh, I do want to run a, mar- a half marathon, um, and so if I qualify with a really good time, then I would definitely think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm being completely honest, I know a few guys who I think are contenders, guys that I train with in my group, mm-hmm. and, you know, I see what they do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're focused on road year-round. And I'm like, if I'm not even close to what they've run in the half, um, then I think it hurts me a little bit, and especially because they've gotten rid of the hillier section because it was initially the hilly course in Atlanta. It still and, is. You know, <laughs> Joseph, trust yeah, me. But, I mean, Joseph, it is still, trust it's me. Still it still hilly. is. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but you of, got you know that because I mean? you the, do trail. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, right. they did. They, they did. have cut out some of it. You're right. <laughs> yeah, so I think that hurts my chances, you know, to compete against guys who are focused on road only. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whereas if the course is a little hillier, it definitely opens the door. Mm-hmm. But um, so I don't know, man. It's one of those things. I'll know more as as I get closer and see how my build up goes and how the training goes and you know so far it's been really great and um, but mm-hmm. you know still there's like I said earlier you get a lot of opportunities I've had a lot of opportunities kind of uh, been tossed around and they're around similar time periods and um, mm-hmm. so I have a lot to think about and it's something that I think I'll let my races uh, speak for you know those choices as to what I'm going to do nice yeah and that window's closing January nineteenth is. Is deadline deadline. That. Well, yeah. you know, Joseph, if you do decide to come, you got my number. Hit me up. Right. We, we, we want to get a big crowd <laughs> out, you know, to cheer for you. Now, I did want to ask, it's, it's kind of going back to the diversity side. What do you think it is? Why do you think, because you, like you said before we even started the call, you were more into the, the trail running side as far as making that more diverse. And we know a few trail runners, mm-hmm. um, yeah. African-American trail runners here in Atlanta, but um, definitely not as many that run road. Why do you think it's such a lack of diversity in the the trail running side? You know, it's it's a very new concept in general in the U.S. If you really think about it, um, mountain running we don't have super old races. Like when you go to Europe, you'll see races that have been you know they're in their fortieth edition, their forty fifth edition. Mm-hmm. In the U.S., we don't we're not that old yet. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's a new sport. But then on top of that, um, you look at where the sport came from, you know, where are these type of races held? They're held in areas that are not typically around a lot of black people, a lot of black communities. And so right off the bat, it's a little strange, right? When you take a black person um, from say where I'm from and you say, hey, we're going to run up this mountain. They're going to look at you like, what? why? Right. <laughs> we barely want to go camping. <laughs> right. it, it's such a new, you know, <laughs> It's such a strange concept, and it's a very new concept. And so, um, you know, there's that. But then on top of it, um, there's a lot of media that doesn't cover a lot of diversity. Um, mm-hmm. There's not a lot of cultural topics in a lot of the trail and outdoor 
um, spaces. Mm-hmm. And so already it's hard to get the attention of black people to even intrigue them in, in a new type of sport, especially a mountain or trail sport. If there's nothing in those magazines that even appeals to them or people that even look like them ever. And so, you know, part of um, my mission was to say, Hey, look, uh, we do need to, to add more color to these magazines, these photo shoots, these models, mm-hmm. um, not even the models. Actually, I take that back. I've, I've said we shouldn't be going with models because I think to inspire that next generation of kids, um, black youth, to get into trail running, you need to have the stars of the sport. Right. Um, I thought, you know, one of the examples I've used many times is LeBron James and Michael Jordan, right? We yeah. use them in ads. We don't use models that are black guys who are playing basketball. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they don't inspire that next generation to be great because we don't know who they are. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's important to, to get away from the cheap aspect of using social influencers and models mm-hmm. and make sure we are using people who are recognizable and who are actually chasing these big, big goals, big lofty goals, because we want kids to aspire to that. We don't want them to, to be okay or content with just being average. Right. Um, we want them to shoot for the stars because that's how you create a generation that's all about positivity and competitive. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're not going to get in trouble or nonsense because they, they know, Hey, I got to be focused. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And I think it's interesting that you said that, like, as, as you're saying it, I'm thinking, I'm like, you know what? I see ads from different companies and some of those people that are in the ads don't run. Yeah. <laughs> Like, right. or they right, don't, right. you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm thinking of particular, right. but it's just like, you don't run or you don't do this. And you're sitting here with tights on in a three quarter length zip or these shoes that are whatever. And it's like, okay, you might've, and no, I'm not taking anything away from people that have only run five case, but that's just not, it's, you're not engulfed in the sport. Yeah. And you know, right. you do need to, it is good to have people that are engulfed in the sport and can talk about their experience, can give you education, motivation inspiration you know and they're actually on these magazines and in these ads so that's i mean that's a good topic that i never i never even thought about yeah i mean definitely yeah i wish somebody would have presented because i ran track in Mm -hmm. high school but i wish somebody would have presented cross country to me Mm -hmm. when i was you know at that age because i probably would because of course i'm i was i was just like joseph hey I play. I'm from the South, so we played football. We mm-hmm. played football. We played basketball. We played baseball. And distance wasn't it. And yeah, so mm-hmm. nobody really, you know, did distance running. If somebody would have shown it to me, mm-hmm. I'm sure because I was decently fast, I would have, you know, kind of probably stuck with it myself. So yeah, exposing exposure the youth to key. it definitely mm-hmm. is key. And I think exposure is the right. number one thing. It's all about exposure. It is um, because this is the thing. Companies realize that there is a market, there is opportunity to, I hate to say it, but it, there, there are some companies who are doing it genuine, they're authentic. Mm-hmm. They, want, um, they want to support black causes and, and support issues like mine, diversity issues, mm-hmm. because they want to make money. They want to get sales. And you know what? Ultimately, I'm okay with that. I don't care if they're doing it authentic or not, because honestly, mm-hmm. it's going to help either way. Right. And so- for me, I don't care, um, but it's necessary. And a lot of people are understanding that now, like, hey, this is the reason why a lot of these outdoor spaces and magazines and media don't have anything black in them because no one was saying anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I took a lot of slack when I started saying stuff about it because people think, oh, he's maybe bitter because they don't cover him. And it's like, hey, man, if you, you clearly don't know me. Right. <laughs> right. And I deserve I this space. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, well, I'm not doing it. Like I tell people all the time. I'm eating, my family eating, mm-hmm. I live where I want to live, I drive what I want to drive, 
I don't do it for the fame. I don't need the fame. I'm right. happy competing. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as I'm eating, I'm good. Right. And so it ain't about me. I'm just saying America's a melting pot. We're colorful. Right. We can't have magazines that are meant to be about sport, interna- an international type sport that doesn't cover all the colors in the melting pot mm-hmm. in that country. Right. That's just not great representation in general. True. True. There are a lot of people that deserve that platform. Definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. definitely. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. And well, I, yeah, and so. I think that's one of the biggest reasons, honestly, that Tommy and I do this podcast is to highlight individuals like you that deserve the platform, deserve the 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 audience to hear what you're doing and amazing things that you are doing. And you know, I think we strategically pick our our people that we interview because of that you know it's very important for us to do that because uh, there's quite a few you know running podcasts i've done this for a while there's a lot of running podcasts out there um and i think somebody asked me once like well why do y'all only interview you know african-americans i'm like well actually we don't because we do yeah yeah. (laughs) we interview everybody but we try to reach the diverse population there's a chance joseph that you that somebody might not interview you Mm-hmm. And you should be interviewed. Right. I'm sure you right. have been all over the world, but right. I'm just saying in general, you know, mm-hmm. hey, let's let's highlight him just because the other mm-hmm. outlets might not. Right. So. Right. Right. Exactly. That is that. I mean, that's a great way to put it. It's a great point. Well, I, Joseph, I have truly enjoyed speaking with Definitely. you now. Before we, we, <laughs> we move on, move off of this. Um, is there anything else that you want to tell our audience? Anything that we missed that you want to talk about? Um, man, not that I can think of. Um, we yeah, covered a lot. Not off the top of my head. <laughs> Any type of inspiration <laughs> yeah, or anything for people that are looking to get into trail or, you know, look up to or anything like that? Or where should we um, look for you next? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I definitely think, uh, you know, if, if they're obviously, if they're listening to this podcast, I think they'll be interested in general, but, um, and not even just trail running, just try something new. Mm-hmm. Like, I tell my friends and my family all the time, I try to get my mom, and my dad to try, you know, new things when it comes to activities and, and athletic type things and working out and fitness. And it's like, just try something new, something that maybe you've never tried. Mm-hmm. Um, because maybe you'll inspire someone else who wasn't comfortable making that first step mm-hmm. there. You, people don't understand how much of an impact they have with inspiring someone. There's people who may never tell you that you inspired them, mm-hmm. but you're doing good by, you taking a risk and you yep. taking that first step, a lot of people might follow you. I call those say, silent you know, fans. Hey, man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And and like I said, <laughs> you got to make sure your heart's good so that it doesn't matter that you're not getting that recognition for it. Cause right. if your heart's not good, then you're not going to be in a happy place in general. That's so true. Um, you know what I mean? So uh, yeah, just try something new, you know, trail running. It's something that, Obviously, I would, you know, I'm biased. There would be something that I would say you should try, but ultimately just try something new. Trail running is a fun one. Mm-hmm. It's one that, you know, I think you should take your time to ease into just mm-hmm. so you don't get hurt because yes. you start getting hurt and yes. then you, you don't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I've exactly. done a couple trail runs and it was very serene, like the environment and the nature. It was refreshing, but yeah. I also am very yeah. clumsy and <laughs> I twisted my, you know, yeah. just <laughs> random yeah. things that right. I was not prepared for. But it is something that <laughs> could be interesting um, to do more of. So. Yeah, I definitely, definitely enjoy it for training. Yeah, um, I like trail running. Definitely. Mm-hmm. It's better on it's better on your knees. Usually, you know, running on the trails as opposed <laughs> to the road. So I definitely enjoy it that way. Now, before we go, Joseph. Give us your Instagram, your Facebook, however these, you know, our audience, if they want to be able to follow you and keep track of you, how would they do that? Um, yeah. So on Twitter and Instagram, 
um, at Joe Jeezy, J-O-E-G-E-E-Z-I. And uh, on Facebook, they can get me on facebook.com slash journey of Joe Jeezy. And um, yeah, I have a couple other platforms that, that they'll see from those those uh, links. And uh, yeah, if they have any questions or whatnot, or they just want to show some love, I'm, I'm all for it. Nice. Perfect, perfect. Awesome. I've already seen that there are quite a few of our listeners that follow you. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of pops up. when. So when I went to your Instagram, I saw a few of them. So definitely it's going to be a, quite a few people that want to want to hear this interview. But once again, Joseph, thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much for taking time out of your day to speak with us. And, you know, if you make it to Atlanta, like I said, you got our number. Give us a call. We'll yeah. definitely be out there cheering for you, okay? <laughs> All right, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for giving me the opportunity as well. Our pleasure, our pleasure. Keep being great. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. You too. (laughs) Thanks.